The Game of Thrones season premiere is over, but we are just getting started on the Snow It All's recap of Game of Thrones uh, season eight, episode one. And now here are the two guys who are about to ride in on a dragon. <laughs> I am Rob Sister here with Stephen Fishback. Stephen, how are you? Rob, it feels like just just 15 years ago we were talking about the the last the end of uh, episode seven, and uh, you called it the title of episode eight season. Sorry, season eight episode one is the Ocho, the Ocho. as you predicted. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Very mysterious. Uh, Josh and I were talking about this in our season preview that it was going to be. Uh, we don't we don't know what the episode title is, and I, and I don't know unless uh but, you know I haven't uh, checked Twitter in the last ten seconds if we know what the name of the episode is, but I'm sure we will find out in the uh, next couple of uh, uh, hours or so as the Game of Thrones information is coming in fast and furious. Uh, we are here with your instant reaction. Okay, so don't tweet us like three days from now and say yeah. I can't believe we you know guys, nothing. We, we know, know nothing. nothing. We know nothing yeah. right now. This is our instant reaction here, and we're live on post show recaps for the podcast version of this and we are streaming live tonight on fan cred and steven uh, the great thing about being live on fan cred is that we are going to hear from people who are going to call in later on in the show if you want to click on the fan line in the upper right hand corner we're going to take live calls never been done before here by us talking game of thrones and we'll Very excited. Later on, after we recap everything going on, of course, Josh Wiggler and I will get back together for the Game of Thrones feedback show. Going to record that on Monday night this week. So hurry up, get your feedback questions in for Josh, a man who does not know nothing about Game of Thrones. G-O-T at postshowrecaps.com. Or you can send them in to us on uh, Twitter as well. Josh is at Round Howard. Be sure to follow everything that he is putting up for THR, the Hollywood Reporter. I'm sure he probably has about uh, eight articles about to go live in the Already, next yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But Steven, so here we are. We've watched wow. one episode, only five episodes left of Game of Thrones. How are you feeling on opening night? I was like, honestly, I was like moved to tears by, by some of oh. this, even when it was opening. Like, I just remembered watching, you know, whenever it was like 30 years ago, like being in my living room with my friends, like we like made lemon cakes. We had like mead, you know, we were so mead. hyped for this. Yeah, we were so hyped for this season of this, of, you know, for this show to start. Um, and now it's like, I can't believe it's all coming to an end, you know, sitting here, uh, what is it? Eight years, nine years later. I mean, it's many more, how, I, mean, I don't even remember uh, nine years later. Um, and it's just, yeah. And, and then there were so many moments that we've been waiting for, for so many, so many like reveals, so many people reunited conversations we've been waiting to have. I just, I just had, had chills throughout the whole episode. Cause it's winter. You were in Winterfell. Most of the episode was in Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. I had to put on my sweater. Yeah. It was cold just watching that uh, dragon fly through those snowy uh, snowy air yeah it must have been really cold with your hands on the dragon like how fast are they going they're going like 40 miles an hour yeah i your think Daenerys so would have felt bad if Jon snow would have slipped off on one of the dragons uh you know. the, your hand, in gloves mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. it also would have been very shady when she came back like all right uh i have terrible news uh <laughs> we lost Jon snow like what yeah. no, it was an accident <laughs> it was an accident he was riding a dragon 
Uh, yeah. It could happen to anybody. You know, yeah. they say that most dragon accidents happen within 10 meters of the castle. Yes, but he's a Targaryen, yeah. so uh, that he knows what he's doing as he is Aegon Targaryen and Jon Snow finds out. Uh, I'd say probably the biggest moment from this episode. But overall, Stephen, I feel like that a little bit of a quiet premiere we that uh, no major character died with all due respect to uh, the umber boy but oh yeah uh, rude (laughs) if you nobody no movement in anybody's uh, game of thrones death pool tonight yeah um probably tiny john umber do we have a name for a young umber like 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 minuscule john umber Umber boy umber boy um yeah probably no one really had him had him picked you know there's nothing that game of thrones likes more than having characters move you know slowly from place to place so this is really uh of a part with the whole whole and not even a complaint uh you know we still have five episodes left in this season it was nice this was just sort of like the all right get to know everybody table setting episode okay game of thrones you get this one tonight okay yeah if we come back and we're setting the table again next week, we riot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like there's some some big battle is happening next week. I, I honestly, I really loved it. I like. I I think I took as much pleasure from some of these conversations from seeing you know John hug Arya from that incredible moment at the very end where where Jamie and Bran you know look at each other across the courtyard which you, you predicted this was going to be a big moment I guess I guess uh, this was inevitable I, uh, I I'm, I'm but, the three eyed raven yeah <laughs> I don't get yeah. up from this podcast chair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was really very pleased with this, and you know you got some you got like those the trio of counselors with Tyrion, uh, Davos, and uh, and Varys, and yeah, I was into it. Yeah, it was a night that had echoes of the uh, pilot of the season, pilot not passenger of the uh, series, the first episode where where we saw Robert and his whole cavalcade end up coming into Winterfell uh, in that very first episode of Game of Thrones, and we sort of had that where now it's John and Daenerys and the Unsullied and the Dothraki and everybody uh, coming to Winterfell again here now seven seasons later. I really liked that moment where everyone's walking and you're getting the like the reactions of the citizenry. And then you have like Grey Worm and Missandei walk in and like, I think the Winterfellians are racist. Like they were not having these darker skinned people. Uh, yeah, well, that I just don't know if they've ever seen anybody of color uh, at Winterfell. I think that uh, like it is uh, it's very it's very much uh, I, I was like uh, in my head. I was thinking like, uh, have they ever seen anybody different than the people from the north? I mean, nobody wants to go there. It's a godforsaken place. Yeah, I even like I mean, I'm thinking like a Bravosi, like some like wandering Bravosi must have like come like passed through at some point. But, um, you know, maybe someone from the south on the way to the north, but definitely not anyone I mean, like Cereal that. Pharrell was there. Well, that's what I was thinking. Cereal Pharrell specifically. Yeah, it was yeah. was uh, so no, but they just they don't um, like outsiders. Very uh, xenophobic, yeah. the Winterfellians. Yeah, it must have been very strange to see all those people like tromping through. And I really like that first moment where you have Arya looking at all of these people who have, you know, been such big parts of her life. Jon Snow uh, walks by, the Hound walks by, Gendry walks by, and none of them see her, but like she is seeing them and kind of like, you you know, you're, we're projecting into her and like having those, those feelings. Yeah. I felt like that the parade probably could have used like uh, some sort of announcers or like a Ryan Seacrest on the red carpet to talk about <laughs> like, oh my God, the Hound is here, everybody. Yeah. The Hound. Of course, yeah. uh, we know, we know, uh, we, we know uh, uh, Gregor Clegane is here. Uh, and so, 
everybody was uh, very excited about about all that. So, but really, a lot of uh, political drama where it's almost like Winterfell is the new King's Landing, where uh, a lot of po- uh, political talk and maneuvering and huddling going on in Winterfell all throughout this episode. Oh, yeah. Like everyone was breaking off into groups and a lot of great side eye from Sansa. Um, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of uh, politics. Yeah. OK, so, Stephen, how do you want to approach this? Where should where should we start our discussion? You want to start with our, our top story at this hour? What's the top story? I think that we have to talk about that. Uh, OK, well, we have John. Finding out that he is uh, Aegon Targaryen. Yeah, he that's is, the top story. He is not Jon Snow uh, and that Ned Stark is not his father. And so what does he do with this information and how and how does it change things? And I thought that it was very interesting that the show ultimately had Sam be the bearer of uh, this news for Jon coming right on the heels of Sam finding out from Daenerys that she had actually uh, killed his father, Randall Tarly, and brother Dickon Tarly. Yeah, that was a really cool, powerful scene. And I love that scene with Sam and Daenerys where he's just like, holding it together, but still like has so much emotion. I mean, obviously his, his father, he hated, you know, his father hated him. Um, and, but then to learn that his father died, it was still such an emotional experience. And then, you know, to learn his brother died, who obviously he had a much better relationship with, and then he has to go and tell John about his news. And there's so much emotion there with this question of, would you have done the same thing? You know, maybe, you know, and it immediately becomes not just Sam saying, Hey, here's this information. You're the king. Like, do with that what you will. But Sam is now, you know, fraught with this He's sense in his of, ear. Yeah, but like, uh, you should be the king. Like, you wouldn't have have necessarily killed those people. You know, just just for uh, not bending the knee. You might have let them live. And so, for for there's a real moral thrust to uh, to Sam's news at this point. Yeah, in the rewatch that Josh and I did uh, leading up to this, uh, when they go through this reveal uh, in the episode that we uh, that we saw last time out, um, it was to me. I-, I thought that there was you know the line of not just John is Aegon Targaryen, but he is the rightful heir to the throne. Right. And the thing that I think that is the the most interesting about this reveal is how is Daenerys going to react to this news? Is she going to be like, okay, well, we can be uh, the co-king and queen on the Iron Throne. But I think that she is going to view Jon as a a real threat. And I think that uh, this showmance might come to an abrupt end. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a great, you know, bit of uh, interpersonal drama for for this season. I mean, we saw even with Sansa just like, Daenerys was not having Sansa's, you know, um, I don't know what, like, like resistance, you know, she was like, she needs to bend the knee. I'm the queen. And that has been Daenerys's through line throughout. It's like, I am the queen. You are bending the knee like the end. And for someone to not do that is such a challenge to her whole sense of self. And so now, yeah, now that her very like legitimacy might be questioned by, by John, I mean, Sam had that great question, you know, you gave up your claim to the throne, your, your crown for, for the betterment of your people. Like, is she going to be willing to do the same thing? I don't know. Yeah. I do wonder though, that Everything with, you know, the the uh, dramatic action is bringing us to the Night King is right around the corner. 
it does seem as though Bran is saying like, hey, we don't have time for this. Night King is coming. Night King is busted through the wall. I don't know. It, does Night seem, King, the Night- it seems oh. like a lot of people are still, you know, worried where the deck chairs are on the Titanic. The Night King is very concerned with arts and crafts. Like, were you, did you think, he must have really spent a lot of time, like, He was sending a message. This, yeah, yeah. But, like, this thing was so precise, like, the arcs, like, and, well, and you know that the Whites themselves, they're not the ones who are, like, constructing that. So the Night King, you know, they have, like, you know, very clumsy limbs. So the mm-hmm. Night King himself must have been kind of there, like, pasting people's limbs up on that wall. It seems like, from Game of Thrones history, that they can do this very quickly. You know, you turn around, and in a second, they've got, like, some sort of, like, a flash mob art project uh, designed with, like, body parts. Uh, I don't know how the Humber, the Humber Boy ended up uh, sort of being the person who uh, ended up being the, the message that the Night King wanted to send. You would think that once the night king breaks down the wall with right. an ice dragon like all hands on deck uh, i think we got the message yeah. like no no this is yeah. the exclamation point is the umber boy and then tentacles around him well so i'm i mean do we should we jump to there or is that is that too soon i think we can uh we can bounce around a little bit i will also remind people that if there's anything that we miss that you have your opportunity you're going to take your calls later on in the show. If you are wondering, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're wondering how to do it, go to fancred.com and then you'll see for the uh, Snow It Alls Game of Thrones recap. You need to be on the FanCred app if you want to call in later on in the show. Okay, Let, Stephen, let's jump so, there. So that symbol, apparently, you know, it, that symbol is a symbol that has recurred yes. throughout the show. Uh, yeah, Danny and John saw it in the cave and Targaryen. Yeah, it's their logo. <laughs> it was like, um, I'm sorry, on, uh, on Dragonstone, um, there, there was like a, the, the, there was like the dead spiral, right? There was like a spiral yeah, of the dead. A couple of, yeah. yeah, that's what they do. And, and I, I guess it's a reference to the Isle of Faces. Like, it's like, it's apparently a reference to the Isle of Faces, but like, do you, do you have more insight into what it means? No, I really don't. I don't know if anybody quite does. I mean, I think that there is, uh, is, you know, an interesting question of, you know, uh, what, what does the Night King want? Does the Night King have a message? Uh, right. you know, what is it? What is the Night King's ultimate goal? Is, is, is he just a force of nature or does he have some sort of an end goal? And is there something where we can sort of like, we saw where Bran saw where the Night King became the Night King. Is there something Something that he wants or is trying to tell people and is this uh icon is this somehow is this is there meaning in this yeah i mean i i have not loved i mean i've not loved the sort of like giving of like um like desire to the night king because i always thought it was cool you know for from the very beginning of game of thrones where you know you kind of had this internal human politicking and like very very psychologically realistic uh motivated internal politicking within the seven kingdoms but then like outside of the seven kingdoms you had this like threat that was essentially nuclear weapons right it was like ultimate destruction it was it was it had no desire. It was just death itself coming down from the North. And like, that is the ultimate threat. And we, you know, I love that, that quote from Beric Dondarrion uh, last, last season about how, you know, we, we have to keep fighting against death, even though the enemy ultimately wins. So I don't love the idea that like the Night King might have some like political goal too. And like, Hey, he's also involved in like the great game of some things, mm-hmm. but um, you know, if that's the case, I'll, I'll get on board. I just, am going to be a little bit resistant to it. Yeah. Uh, he just wanted his Valerian steel dagger back the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, the 
uh, whites in the first episode, uh, they do make that same icon uh, in that first scene uh, that we end up seeing. So another throwback oh, really? to the very first episode of the series where uh, we see that sort of uh, design of the bodies strewn about. Right. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, exactly. Um, it's very, uh, yeah, they always loved arts and crafts. Very uh, orderly people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we... Uh, I'd like to do a little ship watch, Stephen. We yeah. have a we have a lot of a oh, lot of a, yeah. a lot of shipping potentially going on, and so let's talk about it here, and, and uh, let's talk a bit more about John and Daenerys, and they end up, uh, you know, uh, riding into Winterfell together. They have a couple of nice uh, conversations. They're on almost like a uh, bachelorette esque date of uh, being uh, whisked away to on dragons to go to a waterfall very Very. romantic (laughs) setup totally uh and then you get the creepy dragons like peering at them like drogon is so creepy yeah uh drogon is like the uh, the parent who is uh disapproving now was that because that drogon could sense that they're related oh was he disapproving i thought i see i read that look as like like, hey, what's hey, this oh, you thought Drogon was like, uh, like, uh, come on, you two, come on, yeah, yeah. I thought Drogon was kind of, you know, like perving out, no, uh, <laughs> no, but also, so then, so Danny rode on Drogon. Does that mean that John was riding on Rhaegal, which, uh, named for his father, Rhaegar Targaryen? Oh, that's great, yeah, I didn't catch that. That's a really good, that, that's that's right, yeah, that's really uh, that, that, very apt, yeah, uh, so. Certainly cool to watch John and Daenerys uh, going flying around on the dragons. Uh, were, were you enjoying John and Daenerys's date? Oh, yeah, it was great. I, I mean, it kind of reminded me of like when in Harry Potter when he first gets on the broom and it's like, woo, flight, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I had that sense with like John, where you know, you kind of like the whole for the whole thing, you see him just like clambering on, you know, desperately trying to hold on. And meanwhile, uh, uh, Regal is like swooping uh, in and out of the valleys and and. Um, I, was, I thought it was really cool. Did you yeah. like it? Uh, I was getting a little uh, like, all right, Too cheesy. Little, let's you know, pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> let's here. get to the battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, l- a little bit. But uh, it was uh, to me, it, was, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the original uh, Superman, the 70s Superman of uh, Superman taking Lois Lane off to go uh, <laughs> green fly, fly around. Yeah, for a, uh, for, for a little bit. Jeff in the comments says, was there, would you think that the, that Rhaegal was hazing John? But, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you're going to date our mom, okay, we're going to yeah. uh, make sure you're you're up to the task. All right. Yeah. So, all right, John and Danny, uh, we're still shipping John and Danny. Do we like uh, Janaris? I mean, I think I think you're right that Janaris has got some some uh, roadblocks ahead of, of of themselves. You know, there's a lot of um, they really got to find out if they're there for the right reasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. We'll we'll see. I mean, the thing about John though is that he's all like I don't want to I don't want to be the king. I don't want anything. Yeah. Uh but Daenerys once she finds out that his claim is there, uh, how is she going to handle this? Right, because she's like her whole identity like like I was saying her whole identity is based on her claim. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I think it's going to be a real a real challenge between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think they will get married? I mean, we we had we had uh, you know Tyrion and and uh, Varys talking about and, yeah. you know, are they going to get married? The, the royal couple. Yeah. So I I think that that is too syrupy sweet uh, a conclusion to all of this. I'm sure 
all the casuals on the Game of Thrones Facebook page are all rooting for Jon and Daenerys to just get married at what's left of the Sept of Baelor at the end of this thing. That being said, I see almost zero chance that this is how Game of Thrones is ending in five weeks. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end. I mean, it's possible that they get married like somewhere along the way, you know, yeah. like a quick little shotgun wedding, some, you know, like, Crafter's Keep or like something. John's parents, yeah. Crafter's Keep. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've they're had on the way. Like, weddings in my place. <laughs> <laughs> They've all um, been I, shotgun weddings. That's the uh, destination beyond the wall for a wedding. Yeah, I would think if you were going to like, you know, fast little wedding just north of the wall. That's yeah, where yeah, you'd I go. mean, it's uh, on a dragon ride. It's, uh, you know, 30 minutes away. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, all right. So, John and Daenerys. Okay. But let's talk about a, a, a pair that I did not think that we would see. Cersei Lannister and you're on Greyjoy. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are shipping in every sense of the word here with you're on Greyjoy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's such a great scene where, where, you know, Cersei says to him, you want a whore, buy one. You want a queen, earn her. And Euron's like, well, well, what do I do? I mean, he's really, in Euron's defense, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. Right? Put a lot yeah. of work in. Yeah, he, he defeated an entire fleet last season. He brought over the Golden Company this season. Um, he's really been been clutch. And then, and so Cersei's walking away and she gives him like the most hostile come hither look I've ever seen. Like I, I did not originally think that was Cersei's come no, hither I didn't look. think he was getting past the mountain. Yeah, I thought I thought that was it too. But she looked at him. I, I, I thought she was like, that was like the death glare. But nope, that was, that was her... Sex face. Well, I think that she was really upset, disappointed about the elephants. She was she <laughs> she was told there was going to be elephants. Yeah, Cersei wanted an elephant, yeah. and uh, he did not deliver. Elephants would have been pretty cool. That would have been a cool, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the elephant budget got cut this year. Yeah, I mean, why? Yeah, Game of Thrones has spent uh, like ten billion dollars on uh, on on the show. Uh, what they couldn't CGI an elephant here. I think it's like I think like an elephant on a battlefield is kind of like Bran in a conversation. It just like it's like just like ruins the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cersei and and you're I I really was surprised. I thought she was always stringing him along, and you know we've certainly uh, see seen uh cersei lannister use every weapon at her disposal to get what she wants but i, I thought she could have strung euron Greyjoy along here further well and it, it, i wonder like do you think that any part of it is like is she actually just wanted some kind of i mean is it all tactics with her is there any part of her where she's like you know what he's kind of a hot guy well, I, I don't think so he's not that hot yeah. of a guy uh yeah. but let me uh float another idea past you uh that cersei with this baby uh, in in utero, Stephen, is Cersei thinking about the protection of the baby? Oh, potentially, that's interesting. That if you're on Greyjoy and she end up uh, uh, together after all this, and then now all of a sudden that uh, you're on Greyjoy finds out that uh, she is giving birth to Jamie Lannister's uh, bastard, uh, for yeah. lack of a better word here, then. That baby, much like we saw with Robert Baratheon, uh, will be in grave danger. But is Cersei going to be pulling uh, an okey-doke on Euron Greyjoy? She needs to have this interlude with him and then can say, like, hey, guess what? Great news, Euron. I'm pregnant. 
You know what? I think that's exactly right. I mean, and we had that kind of line from your on, like I'm I, some creepy line, like I'm going to put a baby in you. Yeah. Yeah, prince in your belly. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. And then she kind of like looks like, but, but, but you're in for a surprise when this like fair haired, like sniveling, uh, you know, Jamie baby comes out instead of <laughs> like the punk rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of like some like, uh, right. Whatever, whatever his aesthetic is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take a quick break from Shipwatch. Uh, just to talk about, uh, Theon and Yara, uh, while you're on Greyjoy was, uh, having sexy time. Uh, here comes Theon time. This perfectly, uh, can breaks in steals Yara. Boy, that was uneventful. Yeah, kind kind of a no. Like it was pretty easy. Like they, like I guess, knew someone had told them which ship Yara was on, and they mm-hmm. just, you know, swam like, over I, there. I was and- like completely expecting Euron to like, uh, what the hell is going on in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They had some bows, and uh, you know, Theon's got his superpowers. Um, boom, boom, and then away we go. And uh, first ever uh, not botched rescue on Game of Thrones. So congratulations <laughs> to Theon and Yara for pulling yeah. that one off. Uh, but Yara is going to head back to the Iron Islands and uh, Theon is going to go and join the festivities of Winterfell. I thought you were going to say Yara is going to head butt to the Iron Islands. I mean, she uh, really gave gave Theon a, quite a greeting. She the old uh, Greyjoy greeting. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool that, that she was like, go, go fight for, I mean, we, we knew that Theon had to be at, at Winterfell eventually, right. you know, you said that you felt like he was going to kind of have his, his big heroic moment. And I think that's right. Um, so, so that was, that was cool. It would have been really a, a bad ending for Theon if he was just like standing there at the I mean, <laughs> Iron Island with like a sword in his hand, just like waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think, is this a wrap on Yara Greyjoy? Do we see her again in these five episodes? I don't think so. Five, not, I, uh, I don't think so. Maybe like in like, maybe like in a montage at the end, you know? Yeah. If we have sort of like the uh, Daenerys swearing in, I could see her like making the trip to uh, King's Landing for the inauguration. But I, I think that that's, uh, I, or the other thing is that maybe she could potentially like be in the cavalry uh, at some uh, like battle at King's Landing maybe down the road. But I, th- I think for the, for the most part, we're done with Yara. Yeah, it's, it's possible that they could be a last minute swoop in. Like the Game of Thrones loves the last minute swoop in. I could see Yara in. being a swooper. Uh, but she's not, I don't know. She's not really a big enough character to, to like to swoop. So I do think this might be the end of, of Yara. Uh, uh, like you said, maybe like a, a swearing in ceremony or something. Okay. All right. My third place I want to visit in Shipwatch, Arya and Gendry, yeah. Stephen, way back when... That there was a, like, I, I always thought it was a super awkward line where Gendry, who I don't know at the time, it like seemed like he was like 18 and Arya seemed like she was like 11. And he <laughs> yeah. was like, uh, he was like, uh, you'll always be milady. Uh, he said something like that to her, but definitely uh, flirtation happening with Arya and Gendry tonight. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, uh, who, who would have predicted this, this romance, you know, and, and maybe a future uh baratheon stark baby yeah so we'll see if Arya and gendry end up together at the same I, I, one more one more on ship watch sansa and Tyrion reunited yeah. in this episode and they I, I thought you know had a little bit of uh some uh reminiscing going on yeah that was a fun one too i really like that was a fun um you know sorry like <laughs> sorry i left like that yeah it was kind of not great timing, but mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it was. I thought that was fun. Okay, uh, let's uh, talk about some of this uh, stark uh, political uh, maneuvering going on, and hopefully, we don't get back into deep like we were last season with 
Aria versus Sansa. Aria has now done a complete 180. She is uh, 100% behind Sansa. Uh, Sansa is the smartest character on Game of Thrones now. Yeah, apparently. I mean, Arya, you know, at one point says to Sansa, you're the smart, I'm sorry, refers to Sansa as being the smartest person she knows. Sansa, totally great Tyrion neg. I thought you, (laughs) I thought you were like, when I was like, I used to think you were the smartest person ever. Um, Yeah. Does Sansa have like the Peter Petrelli power where she is just basically like absorbed (laughs) little finger now? It sure seems, well, it sure (laughs) seems that way. (laughs) I was... Uh, careful yeah this mic was very excited about this little finger i mean i love little finger so so uh, the mic yes. the mic knew for anybody um, listening on the audio podcast uh yeah, steven has a rogue microphone that one has a life <laughs> has a life of its own that is, uh, it's like controlling the dragons that they really yeah. just it's very it's very unruly steven's microphone but yeah. uh so sansa that she is uh not happy with john she wants to know that hey did you go and make this alliance with her because you, you think we need her or because you think she's hot? Yeah. Um, and, and even when they first walk in, you know, there and, and just Sansa's really like just keeps like refuses to acknowledge like Sansa's more interested in the grain and the supplies, you know, than she is in all these uh, these, these other things happening. She's like, this is this is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Sansa's very uh, on top of all of the food. She's talked about this for uh, yeah. back, even back to last season. She's always like going over like the inventory with uh, Jan Royce. Do you think that there's going to be like a big climax to Sansa's inventory story arc where like she has like a huge like warehouse full of food? Of grain. Like- <laughs> <laughs> where's that? Where's that shipment of of, of mead? <laughs> uh, Steven let's talk about Braun uh, tonight. Uh, Braun ends up uh, that uh, he is in the uh, default gratuitous nudity scene of the night and uh, interrupted by Kyburn. Game of Thrones loves where uh, characters are interrupted at brothels. It seems like that's (laughs) like uh, if anybody needs me, I'll be at the brothel. Come right in. Well, this was before the internet, you know, like there was like no texting. The only way to go is to burst in on someone when they were uh, brotheling. Yeah. And so Kyburn, he basically has an offer for Braun and a, a poetic offer at that, uh, Stephen. Braun, here's the crossbow that Tyrion used to kill Tywin Lannister. Use it to kill my treasonous brothers. Now, just just for context, I don't think this is the thing you need to burst in on the brothel for. You know, it's like this is like, talking like weeks and months down the line when this bad when like the, if they come back from this battle, then like just tell me after the brothels, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, very apt. And 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 Kyburn says, you know, and then and and, and Braun, of course, is very suspicious of this offer because Cersei's burned him, uh, not literally, but but figuratively before mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, you know, promising him things and and then taking them back. And and Kyburn makes the the point that no, I mean, Cersei's the the one to trust here. Yeah. She always uh pays up front. Now do you think that this is as do you think there will be, I mean this isn't going nowhere. They wouldn't like waste time in the six episode story arc yeah. um, to give this incredibly symbolic object to Braun. Yeah. Um, interrupt a brothel scene of all <laughs> scenes. You know, there's got to, this has got to pay off in some capacity. Yeah. Josh and I were talking about this in the preseason, the lead up to this of like, what's Braun's storyline? He's in King's Landing. He didn't go with Jamie to the north. Uh, I think that this is just sort of a uh, MacGuffin to get Braun to where the action is ultimately because that. 
that he there was no way that the story was going to get him up there for any other reason. So we have to go along with this. Like, there's no chance he kills Tyrion. There's no chance he kills Jamie. But we need a reason for him to get to Winterfell. But that crossbow has got to go off at some point, right? It's like Chekhov's crossbow. It has, so it has to fire. Uh, does it end up being a weapon that ends up being used to ultimately murder Cersei? Uh, I wonder, yeah. does Jaime ultimately get it? Does Tyrion get his hands back on it? So it's a good point. Yeah, the crossbow is going to take somebody out, but I would be very surprised if uh, I can't see Bronn going through with that. I mean, Bronn is always the one to go and then, you know, uh, get a better deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine it would be, it would be such a, and it would also be such a bummer of an ending for either Jamie or Tyrion, these iconic characters in Game of Thrones for like Braun to crossbow them on, like as a mercenary, it wouldn't be like a fitting end for that, for them. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think yeah. so. Uh, it looks like that next week, Steven, uh, it looks like we are going to start to get set up here for this uh, battle potentially at Winterfell that we have brought all of the forces retreated from the north uh, to Winterfell to take on the Night King. Do you think we see this battle next week? Oh, man, it sure looked like it. I hope so. I mean, that, it's I was surprised that it was so soon. Like that seemed like like that's like such an I, I, that it felt like this huge climactic battle. And it's like, what in, in a week I'm going to be seeing this battle that I've been waiting yeah. for for years well, i think that uh, are we seeing the start of it i mean uh do you think that potentially that we get a cliffhanger where okay they're closing in and that we have basically an episode of setup and then we end up seeing it in the third episode because the preview did not show any parts of the battle but just showing right. a lot of getting ready for the battle yeah, that's interesting. It could be like a two episode battle. That's yeah. that's very or that's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it looked like a lot of the preview for next week is going to deal with Jamie Lannister, who ultimately ends up being the person who we sort of close out the episode with him riding into Winterfell. When you saw the person in the cloak, uh, did you have any question about who it was? <laughs> no, they don't show the back of someone's cloaked head unless, unless it's a pretty, I mean, yeah. I, I can't even think. Who but else did you know it was been. Jamie? Yeah, I, I think I, I, I thought if it wasn't Jamie, it could have been maybe Melisandre. Maybe Melisandre. Yeah, Melisandre would have been, I, you know, I didn't immediately jump to it's Jamie, but when it, when it was Jamie, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, okay, yeah. obviously. And then they leave Bran out there. I, I thought that nobody keeps an eye on Bran. They just leave him out there in his chair in the yard. And then he's there to, you know, um, he's like the greeter of Winterfell. But, you know, probably people like go and try to talk to him. And it's just like, you know, so awkward, you know, and they're yeah. like, oh, well, all right. OK, thanks, Bran. Like, I did it, look so beautiful. It was so awkward where uh, that John came in. And he's like, Bran, hey, look at you. You're, yeah, you're, a, you're man. a man. He's like, almost. Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. What what, what does he mean? Is he not a man anymore that he's a three eyed raven now? Yeah, it's it was a very and John was like, okay, there you go. I wasn't sure if he was saying because he's because of his uh, injury, injury, he's not a man. But I don't know. He really is uh, just, you know, um, a mood kill. (laughs) yeah exactly i was surprised that he that he waited so long to deliver this crucial information to john you know i mean like we we ended last season we must tell john then john shows up and like you know what no one's in a hurry to tell him i can't believe it i thought when sam came out to see bran i thought the first question he's gonna be why did you tell me about my (laughs) parent my dad what do you tell me? <laughs> like, yeah, how, I mean, all of the maesters knew about it like uh, five episodes ago. 
Yeah. Like I nobody that- passed word along to, I mean, and, and in fairness to Daenerys, how does she know that, oh, you're friends with Randall Tarley's kid? Oh, yeah. I don't think Daenerys. I mean, you yeah. Know, He's like, what? Was, uh, she didn't tell you? Right. No, I, that, that's normal. But like it is it is weird that no one else has bothered to uh, ha- people have been very busy. You know, there's a lot a lot of preparing to a lot of marching. people don't have a lot of time for these important conversations. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. not always. OK. Yeah. All right. So I want to give people the opportunity to fire up the fan line and come on and ask us some questions here tonight. On FanCred, if you are uh, watching us on YouTube and you feel like, oh, hey, here's something you missed. Here's a question for you. Jump on. Don't be mean to us that uh, we don't claim to be the people. Only on Survivor, we know it all, okay? Uh, We're the snow-it-alls. We know nothing. We're just here talking with you live after a Game of Thrones episode. All right? So if you want to get in on the FanCred fan line, go to FanCred.com. Get on the app. And go ahead and watch us. All right. We have somebody ready to go. It's Ben from Philadelphia here on the Snow It Alls here on Post Show Recaps. All right. Before we get to hearing from our listeners, Stephen, here on the fan line, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor. And we're very excited to have this sponsor on board for our Game of Thrones recap. Our friends over at Blue Diamond Almonds. Because, Stephen, are you watching Game of Thrones and tired of the same boring snacks? Well, let me tell you, winter is here and so is the perfect snack, Blue Diamond Almonds. First off, I bet Sansa would really love to get some uh, blue diamond almonds up <laughs> yeah. at Winterfell, right? They're, she's very concerned with the food supplies. Maybe the reason the dragons aren't eating is because they've got a taste for almonds. I, I love almonds. Almonds are my favorite snack. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen, when you got the blue diamond almonds, somebody could walk in like, uh, hey, look at him. He's got blue diamonds. Like, no, they were always blue. <laughs> <laughs> so whether you're going to work, if you're bored at work, If you're leaving work, these almonds are the perfect snack. Honey roasted almonds, sriracha flavored almonds, wasabi and soy sauce flavored almonds. Do I have your attention now? Why keep snacking on boring chips when you can go to the store and pick up blue diamond almonds right now? I think I'd uh, check out the honey roasted almonds while I'm watching uh, John and Danny fly on dragons. That's the, oh, I feel I, like I would want this, like the fiery sriracha for the, you know, for the dragon. fire, the dragon That's fire, the Targaryen yeah. flavor, whatever the <laughs> yeah. moment blue diamond almonds is the perfect snack. Don't deny your cravings. Go pick up some great flavors right now. Eat them. Blue diamond almonds crave victoriously. All right, let's go ahead and uh, fire it up. Ben is in Philadelphia. Steven and I will be there later on in the week. Ben, how oh, are yeah. you? Ben, how are you? Hey there, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Are, you, are you ready for us? Yes. Can you guys talk about the stark tension, especially with uh, Daenerys? Do you think that they're trying to turn John against her? I know there's this whole last hero prophecy from the, the very first book where John might have to kill the woman he loves. Do you think that's something they're building up towards here? Okay. Hmm. Steven, it's relationships are hard when your family doesn't like the person you're dating. Yeah. Um, it's challenging. It is, it is challenging. You know, someone comes into like, you know, Sansa has been, been dealing with all of these like grain supplies for so long. And then she has to like turn over the, the castle, right. To Daenerys. There was that moment when, you know, she said like the Winterfell is yours, uh, mm-hmm. your grace or whatever it was. Um, 
Yeah, it's challenging. I mean, do you think, what do you think, Rob? That's, that's interesting. I don't do you think, think that John would ever kill Daenerys? I mean, John is not power hungry. Uh, you know, it seems like the people are pushing John, but John has been a reluctant leader, but it, he is not, he has not wanted to be a king. He didn't even want to be the leader of the Night's Watch. And people just, uh, you know, force these things on him. I can't see him killing Daenerys unless she does something like she like the power has corrupted her and she now has that Targaryen gene take over where now she's uh, become the mad queen and she's burning the city and maybe she has somehow goes on a real heel turn somehow in five episodes but i don't see it i don't, I don't think so ben what do you some think? people were predicting that though some people were predicting that like this was kind of the start of uh daenerys going crazy arc where she was she was pretty extreme in a, in a couple of uh in a couple of places you know with her response to sansa it was a little bit like oh it felt like a little bit much yeah. and then when she was like we could live here forever like you know she kind of was like that that and that crazy with in the waterfalls john snow's good in a cave yeah yeah it's true yeah now what I do you what do you think been- Stephen is the expert of first chapters. I love the paraphrase podcast. Oh, now, thank you so much. Chapter, My God. In this first chapter of the final season, them introducing this sort of tension between the Starks and the Targaryens, where do you, that, that has to have some meaning here in this final season. Why do you think they're introducing it here? I mean, the, the, the downside would be, if, or like the negative view would be that it's just like the Sansa Arya tension last, last season, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like tension just to have right. some kind of plot tension. I mean, I, I, I think it's a it's a it's a bold. Are you predicting that that John is going to have to kill Danny? Is that your call? Yeah, I I think that uh, that's what we're building up to here. Okay, wow, wow, wow that nobody is uh, calling that. All right, if that happens, Ben from Philly called it. John will yeah. kill Danny. Boy, uh, I I don't know how uh, the the casuals on HBO.com are really not going to care for that, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah, but that would be like a, I mean, but if they justified it enough, if they like made her crazy enough, that might be, and and, you know, this last season, she had this whole thing about like, I'm just going to go in and like set fire to King's Landing and Tyrion talked her her off of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could see something like that happening where like John, who, whose whole story arc has been, as you, as you have said many times, protecting people, right? Like laying down his own life for the sake of the people. Right. Maybe they go down they go out together in a blaze of glory. Maybe Cersei is dug in, in King's Landing that there's no, she's basically they're They're trying to ride it out. Danny's like, I got to just burn King's Landing to the ground. I just got to get in there with a dragon. And John's like, no, you can't do it. She's like, no, you try, try, try and make me try to make me stop. Uh, The dragon chase sequence would be the height. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a pretty cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, okay. See. All right. Let's talk to Marietta in London is on the line. Okay. Oh, uh, international. Yes. We've gone international. Okay. Well, Game of Thrones is a, is a worldwide phenomenon. And it's so, really early in London right now. Okay, hi, Marietta. Hi, how are you? you? You got up so early to watch this show today. Well, I haven't gone to sleep yet. Yes. Wow. But it was worth it for Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. It was. It was. And I'm a big fan of you guys. I watch your survival nodals. Oh, thank you, Marietta. Oh, thank you. So I wanted to ask about the Cersei scene with Euron because she was drinking wine and she had rejected the wine from Tyrion yes, last and season. And not recommended during pregnancy. Maybe yes. they don't have that science yet. Maybe the Meisters haven't figured it out. Maester Kyburn is behind but the she times. she rejected it last season. That's why I'm saying it. Well, so what do you oh, think? What do you think is with that? That's the- really and, interesting. And also there was this prophecy with a witch and the witch told her that she would have three kids. Mm. So do we think she's not pregnant? Do we think she's not have she's not gonna have the child? 
Okay. Well, Robert said that Robert, I mean, that, that there was some, you speculated too, like with all that, that belly rubbing in the, in the Tyrion scene that she was really trying to plant a, a bug in Tyrion's head. That was a misdirect. And I mean, it pays off because like, you know, with, with this episode, we saw Tyrion being like, now she has something to live for. And mm-hmm. I believe Cersei. And it really would be a total, uh, you know, power move by Cersei to have just completely uh, tricked him. She did dupe Tyrion with that, but it seems like that she was like holding her stomach when uh, Euron came back. And so I, I would be very surprised if that if the pregnancy wasn't real at this point, because that they've alluded to it so many times. And I, like I, I could see it in that one scene, but I feel like that that we would see Cersei then uh, say to somebody else, like, oh, what? I'm, I'm not really pregnant. Uh, I just said that to trick my idiot brother. Yeah, it's not a, it's not like established enough for like the reversal of it to be really meaningful. But that means they're giving us. Yeah, they, well, could, the three, they could be the three kids thing, though. I do feel like you know you, you've speculated too about you know maybe maybe Daenerys maybe, maybe Miriam Asdor was wrong and like and, and Daenerys yes. can have kids. Like if every prophecy is wrong, that would be a little bit frustrating. Well, also it's very conceivable that Cersei is going to die before she gives birth to this baby. Right. Oh, the baby's gonna die. The baby, yes. uh, the baby, the baby also uh, could could die, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, but <sighs> the baby is the baby is interesting. I, I think that the baby is real. I think it's going to be a little bit of a, of a factor here in this final season. Okay. All right. Thank you to Marietta in London. Yeah, that was great. Well, you know, we we haven't talked about Liana Mormon, my, my favorite yes. character. Yes. Uh, t- talk about her. She was not having this whole uh, bending the knee thing. You know, she's like, you left the king in the north. And she you knows no king, uh, but the king whose name is Stark. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a great, a great scene. And, and there was a lot of like murmuring in favor of her. And then, um, you know, then 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 the other houses were, were kind of not having it. They weren't going to turn up for for Daenerys's. You got to get her on board. You got to get uh, Liana Mormont on, on board. Uh, I yeah. also thought it was weird when John and Arya they had a, you know their sweet reunion. Uh, uh, John, uh, I don't know what why he needed uh, like hey, Arya here. Feel feel <laughs> how heavy the sword is. <laughs> Look how like, cool what, my like, sword oh, is. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that is, I guess that you're, I mean you're really uh, like I, I I didn't know you were that insecure, John. Uh, yeah, I do. Your sword is uh, very is very heavy. Much do you think it was to remind us that it's made of Valyrian steel? Like just to like be I don't like, no, uh, why did we yeah. forget Jon Snow has a Valyrian steel sword? Like, okay, great. John and Arya have the connection over needle, but I like, hey, look, I got a sword too now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh we've got another call. Kyle in California is on the line. Okay, we'll go to Kyle in California on the fan line. You're on fan cred talking about Hello? the game. Yes. Kyle. Here's Kyle. Yes. How are you? Hey, doing good. Kyle, right. what's new? Uh, not much. I was wondering, uh, what'd you think of the line when Bran said that he's waiting for an old friend when waiting for oh, Jamie? Oh, yes. Who is Bran's old friend? Was it yeah, Jamie? Was it Jamie? Oh, that, yeah, that's definitely Jamie. You're absolutely right. So he's completely yeah. over being pushed out the window and everything. Yeah, though. I don't think that he's going to ultimately be like vindictive towards Jamie Lannister. I, I kind of think that his attitude, he's such a weirdo that he's going to be like, hey, if it wasn't for you then I wouldn't be the three-eyed raven and I wouldn't have all this intel yeah. on the Night King and we wouldn't be... So everything happens for a reason. So I guess uh, that, it, I, I, that I needed you to push me out that window. 
Yeah, that's what I think too. I think I think Brandon is ultimately not going to like. I mean, I'm looking forward to that moment. I mean, just like just because of Jamie's reaction, he's such a great actor and it's such a yeah. great character. I really want to see like his his response to that. Yeah. I mean, what, how do how do you think that plays out next week with with Jamie and Daenerys? I totally had forgotten about that, you know, uh, as the Kingslayer that uh, Jamie killed Daenerys's father. It looks like that uh, we are going to uh, lean into that storyline next week. Yeah, she said before though that. She knows her father was evil, so I feel like she should be. But even so, he still it's like it's like, you know, it's like Sam, like he didn't like his dad, but he was also sad that his dad was was killed. And yeah. also, I mean, uh, you know, again, Daenerys's whole thing is just like who deserves the throne. And like as even if her father was evil, like her father had the claim, you know, had the right. So. All right. Uh, thank you, Kyle and uh, Stephen. Uh, one week from tonight, uh, we'll have our uh, next episode. We'll be uh, live here again. If you want to join us on uh, fancred.com to ask us questions in the chat. All right, uh, William in Washington. Let's say one, one or two more questions. Here's uh, William Washington. Uh, here he comes. William in Washington. You think this Washington State or Washington, D.C.? Here I'm in Washington State. Hey, William. Washington State. Hey. Yes. How's it How are going? You? Uh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, amazing first episode. I actually had two quick questions for you. Go for it. One, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the new intro? With it seemed very different from the first seven seasons. Yeah, it did. It really did seem. It wasn't like zooming from city. It was like more like here's this whole landscape. Yeah, I didn't uh, pay super close attention yeah, to it. Like- yeah. Uh, but I will watch. Uh, I will do a rewatch before I do our uh, Game of Thrones feedback show with Josh tomorrow night. What, what did you think about it? Because I, I actually really liked it. It's sort of saying that now the focus has gone from King's Landing because it starts off at the wall and goes south. Yeah. Um, to that, so I, I, I sort of like it with the shifting where the where the show has now shifted to that it's not so much about King's Landing, but now it's about the threat from the north. So I really right. enjoyed. It. I thought it was cool starting on the wall with that big like hole in the wall. I thought that was a really cool like beginning to it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Second question. Uh, Going back to Arya and Gendry. uh, Arya is creating some sort of a weapon. Do you have an idea as to Yeah, what was that, Stephen? That was so weird. I couldn't like I I, I was really looking forward to being able to like look in the on on Reddit or just like to zoom in for like the specific thing that it was. It looked like something. it came apart. Right. And like part of it was her Valyrian steel. And like it looked like some kind of like uh, thing you'd see in like the spy museum where like popped out, you know, like uh, I don't know. What what, what did you think it was? Did she see this in like one of these other places or like did I I mean, did the faceless men have something like this? Oh. I think I may have lost it. Oh no. Okay. Um what what did you think it was? If you can hear us, you can't hear us. Okay. All right. Uh well thank you, William, for the uh for the question. Uh that was, yeah. great. That was, great. That was a good question. Uh, here's I, what's I gonna excited. happen. Somebody okay. is gonna do a, uh, a a screen a screen grab yeah. and then it'll be on Reddit and then we'll end up uh figuring it out by uh tomorrow. Do you think it's a historical type of weapon or do you think it's like a totally new Game of Thrones invention? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I bet it's like they typically like base their stuff in like in like somewhat historical. Um, yeah, you know, like, I'm sure if we like revisit the Arya storyline, I'm sure we can find uh, somebody who had something that was similar. All right, what last? Well, what call? was that? Uh, okay, okay. Uh, oh. Let's let's go to Wade in Cleveland. He'll have the last last question here tonight on uh, the Game of Thrones snow it alls here with Steve with Stephen Fishback fighting with his microphone, but he is on the right <laughs> side of history. Yes, hey. Wade, how are you? Hey, Wade. So I've got a question for you, Stephen. Uh-oh. So what do you think the odds are that the Night King 
kills everyone. No one's alive at the end of the season. Yeah. Zero uh, percent. Okay. If you say 33 percent chance, I'm going to be terrified, man. <laughs> anything with that and i'll be okay okay <laughs> i think it's a zero percent chance zero i don't think it's a zero percent chance that no one lives not nobody but the night king takes the iron throne everyone's why screwed. does the night king want the iron throne he just wants to draw he, he just wants to draw like steven said seems what? arbitrary that the night king would come all the way down from you know parts unknown to get the king's landing just to sit on some th- throne made of swords um i think that yeah i i do feel better about the night king's chance or or or, or worse about the night king's chances of, of taking the iron throne than 33 than 10 percent 10 percent what do you think? Where, yeah. where, where, where are you who, at? Who has a better chance, Stephen, uh, at the end of this uh, to be on top? Uh, I mean, the Night King or Aurora? <laughs> what about wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I think Reem has a better chance. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know how cold it is out here? Were you put up to this, Wade? Is this like a, this is a contractual thing where every podcast we do, Rob, has to, Rob gets a Rima impersonation in. Yes. I know. I live for it, man. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If I called Brian a Rima impersonation, I did my job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wade, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Care. All right. There you go. All right. Stephen, uh, lots of fun talking with people here live after the episode. And uh, great to get to talk some Game of Thrones again. Yeah, this was really fun, Rob. It's back. It's great to be chatting with you. It's great to be watching this show. I just, I was so moved to be watching. I can't believe it's all wrapping up. I didn't you, know you get so emotional during Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm an emotional guy, Rob. Yeah, you know, but um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, just like all these, all these great. One last question for you. Why was, why was um, the Hound so angry about Gendry making like weapons for the, for the wildlings? Uh, I think he was just basically just trying to uh, like, uh, Neg him a little bit, like uh, yeah. you know, get cocky. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, big deal. You can make a you can make a hammer. It looked like a, it was a pretty cool looking weapon, though the dragon glass weapons. Yeah. No, Gendry knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's got a gift. He's got a gift. Are Gendry. the dragon glass weapons going to be useful against like if they have to be used in the south? Like, are they just going to like shatter against the the armor? I don't think that they would be particularly useful against armed Lannister soldiers or the Golden Company. But if yeah. they, but if they, if one hits you uh, in the face, you know, they yeah, it's I mean, still, yeah. it's still an arrow to the face. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Like against a shield, I, it probably is uh, n- not doing much good. But I, I think a regular arrow against a shield is not that great. That's right. I mean, we are military experts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're listening for smart yeah. tactical advice. Yes. Is that what Arya is doing? Is she making some sort of like uh some sort of like uh like pea shooter out of dragon glass for uh to be able to take on White Walkers? I could be, yeah, that would be, you know, could be. Um Yeah. All I don't right. know. I yeah. Oh, it's gotta be some faceless man setup, right? So she's like it's like some sort of thing where she's gonna take on someone's persona and uh you know, have a dragon sure. glass thing. In. Sure. Maybe at the end, like one of the whites, you know, like the white walker is surrounded, the, the, you know, the Night King is surrounded by his whites and one of the whites like pulls off her <laughs> dead face and it's Arya. That's, Arya. That's how it ends. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Stephen Fishback. Uh, great job. Of course, you can follow Stephen Fishback on Twitter at Stephen Fishback. Did, did, you, did you tweet at all about the episode? You know, I tweeted like twice and then I was like, there's probably a lot of people who are not able to watch. What, what do you think? Is this like the Super Bowl where you're allowed to, 
There's probably as many people watching this as watch the Super Bowl. Where you, I, you think, I think you, that you are allowed to tweet jokes, but I, and, and but don't like tweet like, uh, oh, can't believe this person died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. That seems fair. Yeah. Okay. Of course, uh, be sure also to uh, check out everything that Josh Wiggler is uh, posting over at THR.com. You can follow at Round Howard on Twitter to make sure you don't miss any of his uh, Game of Thrones scoops. I'm at Rob Sesterino. Of course, if you want to join us live, we'll be doing this again uh, after every one of these Game of Thrones episodes of the season. So if you want to uh, get in and chat with us during the episode, get on to fancred.com. Get on the app, and then next week, hopefully, we'll be talking to you to get your feedback questions in for our Post Show Recaps feedback show with Josh and myself, G-O-T at postshowrecaps.com. Steve, anything else? Uh, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. I'm it's excited to be back, excited to, uh, you know, this, this really cool way of interacting and, you know, wonderful to be talking to you as always twice a week now. It's gonna be so exciting. All right. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Special thanks to our friends over at TrueCar for sponsoring this episode of Post Show Recap. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial is going to last. You know what else you can do in about a minute? You can get an offer for your car with TrueCar. That's right. And the amount of times it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or listen to my voice, you can get a true cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or from home. Just go to TrueCar, simply enter your license plate number, and watch your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions. You'll get an accurate true cash offer from a local TrueCar certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in, and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then, simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So are you ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today.